Hey, folks. On Tuesday, Attorney General Bill Barr finally testified before the House Judiciary Committee. Barr's testimony comes just days after he and President Trump announced the deployment of hundreds of additional federal agents to American cities as part of a program called Operation Legend. And the conflict between protesters and federal officers in Portland, Oregon, continues to escalate. This week brought a flurry of new litigation as local law enforcement and activist groups alike try to rein in the feds. Meanwhile, Michael Cohen has been released to home confinement after a federal judge called the DOJ's move to return him to prison retaliatory in response to Cohen's plans to publish a book. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, including the newly launched United Security podcast with Lisa Monaco and Ken Weinstein, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. College students with a valid.edu email qualify for a special discount. Head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a special rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as part of the insider community. The Attorney General of the United States has been testifying for about four and a half hours. I think we've seen enough of it, so we decided we'd talk about it. It's not fully concluded, but it shouldn't be too much longer. A bit of hot air in the, in the hearing room with the House Judiciary Committee. I have tweeted as have some others. I saw I you was tweeting, tweeting too, as which well. I, I often don't do, but I I was beside myself. I had to just get it out and put it on the Twitter. I think there are a lot of important questions that needed to be answered. There's a lot of transparency that we haven't gotten. And they weren't asked, in my view. They weren't asked. The, the Judiciary Democrats, led by Jerry Nadler, I thought overall, and I think there were some notable exceptions, but overall, weren't focused, didn't ask penetrating questions, didn't ask good follow-ups. Sometimes, I mean, Steve Cohen gave a speech that I didn't fully understand and then left no time for an answer to the question. And by the way, you know, some of the Republicans who said you should let the attorney general answer were not incorrect. I mean, sometimes they're hypocritical because they do the same. But overall, I thought there was not a lot of light shed. Yeah. I mean, I have so much to say about this. I mean, first of all, I think there were a lot of important questions to be asked. It is the first time that Attorney General Barr has testified since he came into office. And there is no shortage of information that is available to members of Congress to use to ask questions. And they... There are exceptions. There were a few notable sort of queries that that I thought were strong. But overall, I felt like the members were unprepared. They didn't ask the right first questions. They almost never asked the follow-up questions. I mean, there were a couple of things today where, you know, there's one moment, and we'll come back to some of the specifics later, but there was just a real opportunity today that I think was lost, which is to really pin the attorney general down on a number of things, on a number of facts. And, you know, there are time. there is a real important time and place for speeches. A congressional hearing where you have the attorney general testifying is not it. Especially since the first time and probably the last time of this of this entire Congress. And, and people have said that maybe they should adopt a different approach. And the format is bad. Yeah, you can have effective yes. questioning from, from the staff members of the Judiciary Committee, like we saw in the Intel Committee during the impeachment proceedings. But just remember, folks, that the House Judiciary Committee under Jerry Nadler told Bill Barr last spring, after the Mueller report was completed, that he would be questioned by staff. And he said, no, I'm not coming. And they never pushed it. And they never forced it. They never compelled it. And this is what you get. Yeah, it turned out he was he was right. And I don't mean he was right. I don't agree with him. But it turned out that, you know, he was. it seemed like he was afraid to come and answer questions from professional staff who are trained, you know, trained litigators and people who know how to ask questions. And 
I don't know why they didn't, I don't know why Nadler didn't insist that they have staff today be able to ask some questions because it just, again, it's, there's just a lost opportunity. I mean, there, there were some moments that broke through, but a lot of it was just, you know, I was sort of sitting there saying, here are the next five questions you should be asking. And there were even moments where they got Barr to say certain things, but they just, they didn't go deep enough to really get at what's important. And then just the last thing I'll say, which I think you and I think about a lot and we talk about a lot, but, you know, when it comes to witnesses, like Barr is not going to agree with the Democratic framing of his actions. Like he's not. And so you know that as a lawyer going in, or as a prosecutor. And then, so you know that witnesses agree with facts. They don't agree with conclusions. And so, you know, you're not going to yell at Barr or repeatedly say something to Barr that's going to get him to agree with your conclusions. You have to make him agree with facts that lead to the conclusion you are drawing, right? And that's what good people and good questioners do. And we did not see that today. So we saw it a couple of times, just continuing with your with your thesis. That is the correct one about having people agree with facts. So one conclusion that people have drawn and a criticism that people have made is that there's two sets of rules. There's one for the associates of the president, friends of the president, and one for other people. And the vehicle through which you can get that questioning done is the Roger Stone case. And he's not going to agree that he did something for a particular reason, but Eric Swalwell, which came, whose questions came way deep into the hearing because he's fairly junior, got Bill Barr to essentially say he can't recall another case in which he sort of, you know, reached down into the line level and changed the sentencing recommendation. Mr. Barr, have you ever intervened other than to help the president's friend get a reduced prison sentence for any other case where a prosecutor had filed a sentencing recommendation with the court? A sentencing recommendation? Yeah. Have you ever intervened other than that case with the president's friend? Not that I recall. That's an incredibly significant thing to say, given that there are tens of thousands of cases that go on in the United States. The one time that he decided he was going to bring the weight of the, of the cabinet official, the cabinet secretary itself, to, to bear on a particular case was when it involved a friend and associate of the president. I mean, Bill Barr said, and again, you and I have agreed that maybe the initial sentencing recommendation of seven to nine years was a bit high. Reasonable people can differ about that, although it was consistent with the guidelines. But you got to believe there are many, many other cases that would make a better example for seeking more leniency Bill Barr has never done it in another case and seemed to have no interest in doing it in another case. You know, he, he spoke with great indignation about the great injustice that was about to be done to Roger Stone. You would expect him to say, well, you know, we're, taking, we're undertaking a review of other cases in the department because justice should be done appropriately and individually in all cases. But he only did it with respect to Roger Stone. I think Swalwell did a great job. I thought his questions were good. I thought, you know, Representative Jeffries had good, like there, there were a series of folks who did have good questions. So I want to just qualify that, Overall, I think it was very much a lost opportunity, but there were some moments that, that came through. What's really important about the line of inquiry we're talking about now is that Bard does get up, like he basically gets up and says that the original recommendations were too harsh. It wasn't fair. He wanted the fair thing to be done. To your point, all of that is fine if that's the rule that he has throughout the department. And the thing that I wanted Swalwell to do was to go a little deeper and basically say, like, you approve, like there are thousands of cases that are brought by the Department of Justice every year. In those cases, do you personally get involved? The answer is no. Do you defer to the local U.S. attorneys? The answer is yes. You know what answer he gave? He did give an answer, and we should assess the quality of his answer. His answer was, well, certain things get elevated to me, which is an excuse, which is a big, fat excuse. But that's unequal justice, right? Because you defer to the hundreds of line prosecutors throughout the United States of America in thousands of cases per year. And the one case where you do something different happens to be the president's friend 
who agrees not to testify against the president. And that could have been, it could have been made painfully clear how unjust and unfair that is. And instead, you know, Barr does this sort of dance of saying, well, I don't want to be unfair to Roger Stone. And by not putting it in the context of the entire department and how much, look, the whole point is to defer to the line lawyers because they're not the political folks, right? And there are times where there are decisions that are made that you overrule for a variety of reasons. But this really is, this was one of those moments where I think, you know, Barr really did show who he is, and I wish that Swalwell had gone even farther. Yeah, and he just didn't put the sharpness on the end of the point, even though he got, even though he got the concession, because the point is not whether the sentence was too high or not too high. The point is, are you giving special treatment? And for the only, for the only time in your tenure as attorney general, are you doing something so extraordinary? And where is that benefit for other people? And people didn't make that point. And, and the, other, the other way that Barr justified himself, which again, misses the whole point, was at the end of the day, the judge agreed with him. So what? That's not the point. The point is, you chose to change a sentencing recommendation where the only thing significant about that particular case that should have gotten to your attention is that he was an associate of the president and a friend of the president. And Barr was working really hard to basically try to say, like, I'm the just one, right? I'm the one doing the fair thing by Roger Stone. And I'm not being politically motivated. And yet, by undercutting and basically putting his hand into just one case, he's being completely politically motivated, right? And there's a way in which this just, I wanted more of this to sort of come out. But but yes, and I think, look, Barr... Also, on its surface, you know, you could you could see that people would say, oh, well, of course he's doing that, or of course he wants to be fair, but it's really, you can't just look at that one case. You have to look at all the cases. And I thought that, I actually even think, you know, as I was listening to Preet, and I'm not going to articulate this well, but you and I would have done exactly the opposite of what Barr did, which is the following— you're even concerned, like you could have even seen a line of questioning about even the appearance of of political influence is harmful for the Department of Justice, right? Yes. And if all the cases you're going to put your finger into, the one case you shouldn't do it in, whether you're right or wrong, is the Roger Stone case. Especially because it's up to the judge. The whole thing was up to the judge. And even if you thought there was a problem there, unless you're prepared to say, you know what? It has come to my attention the Roger Stone sentencing recommendation is really high. This worries me about whether or not line prosecutors in the department as a whole are being overly harsh. So this is the example that's come to my attention. Now I want to have, uh, you know, a sort of department-wide assessment. Are we being too harsh? Are we contributing to mass incarceration? Are we not being individualistic in making our sentencing recommendations? And that would make a little bit more sense, or you stay the hell out of it. And there are other examples where members of the, of the House Judiciary Committee on the Democratic side would get some information from the attorney general, but they wouldn't hone in on it, right? Because, and he could weasel out yes, of a, a specific agreed. answer. So somebody asked, I think, wisely, have you been part of discussions about the president's re-election? And the attorney general says, well, the other people around, it comes up from time to time. And someone else asked the question, and I think, I think Barr, he, he, he says in his written testimony, the president has not attempted to interfere in these decisions and expects me to exercise my independent judgment to make whatever call I think is right. Well, you know, you have to test that a little bit. You can ask also the question, are there any cases the president has ever mentioned to you? Has he ever asked you about cases? Have you given him updates about cases? And then you can sort of get into the question of whether or not the conversation constituted interference or constituted coercion or constituted pers you know, persuasion or influence because those are weasel words. And 
Yeah. I don't know that I trust Bill Barr's characterization of conversations. The first thing you do if you're asking questions is... You pin down the facts, exactly. As opposed to going right to the conclusion. Right. Well, you're, you're, I could not agree more. There was a moment where Barr basically said that he's talked to the president about the election and he's talked to the president about cases. Now, which ones, when, who, who called for those meetings, what was said, what was the nature of the inquiry or the conversation that was had? Like, there was so much that, you know, just to stop and let Barr say, well, but the, I never let the president interfere. That's his conclusion. What we needed to know were, what are the facts? And, you know, I would have asked specifically, did you ever talk with him about Roger Stone? Did you ever talk with him about Paul Manafort? Did you ever talk with him about Michael Cohen? Like, I would have literally gone through them one by one. And look, let Barr say what he says. Yeah. Instead, these guys go straight to the legal conclusion and ask questions like, didn't you do, and also leading, something like, didn't you interfere in the Stone case to please the president or do the president's bidding? He's never going to say yes to that. You're not going to get that. Exactly. You don't need to get it. And you haven't laid any foundation that there was at least a conversation because those are the things that cause people to wonder what really happened in those conversations. And you set those building blocks down. And then you say incredulously, and given all of that, and given what the president said, and given the tweet, and given that you say you didn't read the tweets, but they're important to figuring out what the president's state of mind is. It's still your testimony that you did that completely independently and it wasn't involved with politics at all. You conclude with that. You don't begin with that. And everybody knows, right, and and you've made the case, right? And yes, completely. One example where I thought that there was some effective questioning was Representative Hakeem Jeffries, where he was doing some of the questioning about the president and Barr's involvement. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid.edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.